The views and opinions expressed during Love in Life with Lane and Dave are those only of the speakers and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or the position of our podcast hosts or affiliates. Any content provided is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, anyone, or anything. All right, let's do it. You're listening to Love and Life with Lena and Dave, the podcast where logic is power and you take control. Thank you for tuning in and making the choice to listen in and get ideas for your own love and life. Now, here are your hosts, Lena Williams and David Vaccaro. This week, you're going to get a bonus of fighting manipulation with logic. Just a bonus. Hopefully this won't be too long. I don't have a whole lot uh, to talk about here. It's just a main topic and I'm going to riff, do some conscious streaming, just think out loud. But um, the one thing I did not mention in the past two episodes of this podcast was um, the understanding, I I think I may have touched on it a little bit in one of them, but basically it's the misunderstanding of projecting onto others something that we think they're thinking or feeling based on what it is that we were raised to do or what kind of social morals and values we were raised with. And the reason the very first episode uh, I brought up Martha Stout was because, you know, of that factor of people that do not actually have any kind of ability to relate to other humans or to even see themselves in someone else's shoes is just something that they, they can't do. But what I wanted to bring up was the misunderstanding on our part that sometimes we it's just a default that we have where we think that everybody is the way we are. And so when we see somebody do something that shocks us, and I watch a lot of true crime, should I? I don't know, but I do. That there are some people that are just monotone and matter of fact. And I would say that there have been a couple cases lately that I have kind of watched that where you see somebody just sort of under the stress of things that are going on, you know, they they know how to mask as human and they know how to kind of fit into an environment and a group and sort of act a certain way and talk a certain way and react to things a certain way so that they're not standing out. They sort of know how to kind of play the part of what they need to do. And as everything goes okay, that's great. Except for at one point, things may not go their way. Unfortunately, it's really hard to tell who these people are. There's probably ways to do it, but it is really kind of tough with our everyday lives to kind of spot this type of person. It's so easy to get caught up in, I would never do this. I could never imagine myself doing this. Therefore, I can't imagine that anybody else would do this. And what we need to remember is that There are people who aren't wired like us. And the reason I bring that up um, is because there are people in our lives that do things that are unbelievable and shocking and maybe not as bad as some of the people I've seen in true crime documentaries, but without empathy or without uh, human value or without consideration or there are just people that are trying to do things, they're trying to get somewhere, they have something that they need to do or they want out of life and you sort of are in the way of them getting. 
And some people will value you as a person when they look at that equation. And some people will look at you and see you as an obstacle. And that's it. So just remember, if you're dealing with somebody who should feel empathy about something or should care about something or and I'm not saying that every human being out there doesn't do that. I'm just saying that there's a possibility that the person that you're dealing with may not have the interest in the thing that you think that they should have. So I bring up like, let's say a divorce and you have a divorce where a woman divorces a guy, he leaves the house, she still stays in the house, she's got the kid or she's got more than one child and court processes go on and visitation gets set up. And at some point, the children want to see their dad, let's say on a weekend and several times the father will make plans to come pick up the child, but then just doesn't do it. And the person that's the mother of that child is like, well, he's never going to see his children. How can he not want to see his children? And which is, which is a completely legitimate question, but it's possible that the person that they're talking about doesn't have any interest in that thing, even though they should. And as a parent, you would expect that they would want to, that it should be in like ingrained in, in as a human being in that person. It's very possible that whether it's due to the stress of what's going on or due to the upturning of his life or due to stress and other circumstances or just due to the fact that that's not somebody they ever were. Maybe they were that person at, at some point because it got them something they wanted. And at some point they realized it wasn't useful for them anymore to be that way. It's very possible, a very low percentage of people, but it is definitely possible that the person that you're thinking should care and should want to see their children and should pick their children up is doing what he's doing for a, a, a couple of reasons that may be a very, very hard to stomach or understand as a person who does care, as a person who does want to be around their kids, as a person who has that motherly instinct. And, and, and before we get too far into this, I'm not going to tell you that every mother has an instinct either. There are a lot of mothers out there that don't have maternal instinct at all. And I'm not talking about postpartum. I'm talking about just, it's just not in them to have it. You know, they've had children, but it's not really in them to nurture those children. That that chemical is missing from their system or that wiring is missing from their brain. It's just not something they're capable of doing. And we do have these, I would say, absolute expectations sometimes of people that don't jive, that if a mother has a child that they're supposed to immediately be nurturing to that child and there should be some instinct that they would want to make sure that that person is protected. And there's all these things that a mother should do. And, you know, take it from me, not everybody has a mother that does that, that not a lot of most women have that instinct, but some don't, some won't have it. It won't kick in. It's just something that doesn't happen for everybody. And just like the same, it's the same way for a father. Now, it's a little different for a father. I think there are a lot of fathers I know actually that are single fathers and have their children full time and the mothers are not in the picture. They just, you know, didn't want to be there. That was really, really rare years ago. Or if it wasn't, it may not have been rare, but it wasn't talked about a lot when I was younger. It's a little more common now, but I think it's, I don't think things change so much as I think that we get more information than we used to. So I think that there was probably just as much of a statistic back then of that kind of thing, of my childhood, the 80s, the 70s, the 90s. I think that it happened just as often back then, but it just, for some reason, it was a social stigma that people just didn't discuss. And they found it to be taboo or humiliating thing to the family or whatever the case may be, where they just 
there are mothers that just checked out of their families and it was really kind of a secret. It was kept under wraps because it was so, I don't know, for some reason, I think socially it was a very big deal to, to have that going on in your family for people to know about it. And we were as, you know, as young kids, things were more private in the 70s and 80s. Things were kept secret a lot more, at least in New England. I'm not really sure about the entire country, but we come from a very Catholic kind of, not not my, myself personally, but I am Irish on my mother's side. And so on my mother's side, it was a very swept under the rug type family. We didn't, we talked amongst ourselves, but we didn't really like people to know our family business. And I'm not going to lie, as I got older, I still kind of have that. I don't like people knowing my business. I'm pretty private about stuff. I, I have a podcast and I talk about a lot of things and I tell people what they want to know. But for the most part, it's information that I will give you if I feel like I should. you should have it. But I really don't like people wanting to know or trying to get information out of me that I don't, I don't consent to, you know. But the, I'm just saying that there are people out there that are not physically wired to do the things that human beings are expected to do or society thinks they should be doing. So that when you're dealing with somebody that may have that aspect and your instinct is telling you that that person really doesn't care. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that this is an emotional reaction from you. If you break up with somebody and they seem to not care because you know, you're, you may be in a place where the breakup is causing you to see things in a distorted way. That's a different story. But if this is objectively somebody that you're dealing with that you can look over the relationship and say, oh, well, I think I wanted more from this person than they had the ability to give. And now that we're broken up, I can kind of look back and see that they didn't have this particular type of personality. They didn't have this character. They didn't do a lot of things that I would have wished they did. And I kind of let it go because I wanted to be with this person or I wanted to be not single or I had put investment into this relationship. That's a big one where you think that you've put a certain amount of time in. And so therefore it has to work because you've wasted time on it, which by the way, probably isn't really a good equation and it doesn't usually work. And you can never know what you you're dealing with until you know. So if you're dealing with somebody that you've never dealt with before and you're dealing with all new issues that you couldn't possibly know about and somebody's deceptive to you, that's not your fault. You can't possibly, you can't know beyond what somebody's telling you or we live in a different age where we can find out about people but for the most part you kind of for some degree of the relationship have to kind of go on faith and you can only learn about somebody in real time so once you do learn about them and you know that they're a certain type of way and you continue then you might be taking a little bit of the blame for doing that just at least in the sense that you're not paying attention to the thing or you're ignoring the thing or you're trying to hope it goes away or you're trying to hope that it improves but if you have no knowledge of somebody at all and you find out, you know, out of left field, something that you couldn't possibly have known in the, ahead of time, you know, it's not really not your fault. You can't beat yourself up for that. It is a learning curve. Unfortunately, dealing with people is a learning curve in all kinds of relationships. So that's just some little, just like a little bit of a bonus I wanted to throw on top of the manipulation thing, just to say that, you know, there are people out there that really don't aren't going to care about what the thing that you do, aren't going to be as human or as into values and morals and what's right and what's wrong as you are. Everybody's different. And, you know, you got the playbooks, right? So we all come from a specific family and a specific background. 
And that's our playbook. That's the thing that we use when we relate to other people, when we see situations a certain way. All of that comes from how we were raised, how our childhood was. And of course, other people's childhoods are different. So there's that. And then there's this like one little section I want to get into about, I don't want to say, I want to say kind of like adjacent to willful ignorance where somebody maybe trying to convince you that or or have you believe something without correcting you that sounds a whole lot better than what it really is let me see if i can an example of that would be um and i'm going to bring up i always bring up dating sites and conversations and things like that but you know somebody on a dating site that says something off the wall in their profile or in in a message and the other person is like, you know, do these people think that this is going to work? Does this person think that this works to say this thing? Don't, you know, you know, doesn't this person know that they're actually driving people away by saying these things? And that's our assumption that that person is trying to impress the person they're talking to. But really, it's possible that they may not care to impress that person. They may be saying outlandish things for attention or for shock value or whatever. So it's just, it's really us projecting like a desire onto somebody that like we don't really have any information about. And either they're actively participating in like agreeing with that or not disagreeing with it, or they're not really present to like tell you one way or the other. And we're just sort of like getting an impression based on what we're seeing of what we think that person should want when they do something. And that's... That's that's kind of related to what I had said earlier about, you know, if if your whole argument when you're divorcing and you have a spouse that is no longer in their, your child's life and your argument is, man, you would think that you, these people would want to be around their children. You think this person would want to spend time with their children. You would think this person would. I mean, they fought for so much custody and it's so weird that they would fight for the custody and then, you know, not pay the child support or not show up for the visitation, they're going to lose out on their child or there's some kind of a consequence in your head that you think that they would be be upset by if they just thought about it. And it's turn, it turns out that that consequence is something that doesn't resonate with them or just isn't of any importance. But you're projecting onto them how you would feel or how you what, I don't know how I don't want to say how you would hope that they would feel, but you see it like a certain way. These are my children. I love my children. I want to spend every minute I can with my children. And I would imagine that like as a parent, the other person would want the same. They would want to spend time with these their children or they would want to make sure their children are taken care of. And sometimes like they've the other person is just it, it, in no way interested in any of that. You know, they may have some other motive, which is to either put you in a position where you can't, you know, if you, if you go through a divorce and you have uh, sole custody, but the, the other parent has visitation, it's very possible that on your weekend when they have visitation and you're free from your children, you're going to go out and have fun with your friends. Well, that person you divorced, that pops possibly is, is still resentful of the divorce in the first place may not want you to have a life. So their chess card is to either not show or whatever. They may have a completely different life that they're trying to get into that once the divorce went through or while a divorce is happening, where it's a second thought to go pick their children up because something that they think is more important is happening. You don't really know. So, and you can know people for a while and kind of know how they are, but like you don't really ever know 
what's going through somebody's head is very possible that they want you to think that they care because they want you want to make sure that you're on the on the hook for it. But really, they're trying to get out of it for some reason, or they're trying to make sure that your plans are stuck. They don't pick up their children, and that makes you have to cancel your plans, and you have to stay there. And like that's their whole focus at that moment, and none of the other stuff is even occurring to them. Of course, years later, sometimes those things do dawn on them, and it's too late. But there's not much you can do about that. That's something that you think about ahead of time, and they may not know about, or they may not... It doesn't dawn on them till later because they're too preoccupied with whatever type of, you know, drama that they're trying to put you, put on you in the present time. But anyway, that's just something I wanted to put in here as a bonus to consider that it's very possible that the, the things that you think that that person would miss out on or would be upset about or is getting wrong that they're trying to accomplish, it may not have anything to do with what they're doing at all. And so when you say, hey, you know, why would a person who's trying to date, why would they say something like this to other people? This isn't impressive. I mean, nobody's going to want to date them when they say stuff like this. That's us assuming that they want to date or that they have that they've any interest in that or that they're trying to do that particular thing where they may be trying to do some completely different thing in an, in an environment where they should be wanting to date, let's say they're on a dating site or whatever the case may be. Maybe that's not their intention at that point. And we're just sort of projecting that intention onto them because we would assume that that's what they're doing there. Why else would they be there if they're not trying to date? Some people are not there to do the thing. I can't explain it, but there are people that are, that are around that are looking to break the rules and they don't really care what environment they're in or what they're supposed to be doing. They're doing whatever they're doing that makes them feel good. So they may come in and say a bunch of stuff that would make them look unattractive to the opposite sex or the same sex or whoever they're trying to date. However, that's not their intention. They don't care if they're impressing people. So that's that. That's the little bonus I wanted to bring up. A little something that I wanted to add. And uh, we are really uh, into the fall or we're, we're um, well, let's see. Let's see. This will be dropping. This will be September. This will be a September episode. So you will, uh, you'll be getting kids. You'll, I think some kids will be going to school, but it, it'll be starting to get to the point where leaves are coming down and we're, we're starting to look at the fall coming, which is pretty cool. Uh, so this is a September episode, but anyway, uh, um, as I always say, this is t typically or technically this is the summer. So Dave and I are, of course, doing our thing. I'm just throwing little random things in to the podcast so you guys have something to listen to uh, as we go along. And our website, that's www.laneanddave.com on that website, just so you know. If you look up in the corner of that website, first of all, every single episode of ours is on the website. And the top podcast on that website should be the, the the newest one. However, up in the corner, there's a little plus sign. There's a bunch of different platforms that like across the top of the um, the page. And then there's like a plus. If you click that plus, it'll give you a drop down of every platform that we are published to. That's just something in case the website isn't something you want to do. If you have um, an app that you use already and you just want to look for us inside that app, that'd be great. That would include things like iHeartRadio or 
Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon, I think. was a, There's a bunch of them. There's um, Stitcher. Should be there. And again, every single episode of this podcast going back over a year ago is on that website. So just scroll down for all of them. And the newest one should be on the top. And if you give us a uh, a click at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Lena and Dave, that would be great. That buys us coffee. I mean, we are coffee fanatics. We love our coffee. So, you know, if you have the spare change to throw some coffee at us, we will always take it. Keeps us awake while we do our podcast. And, and like I said, as fall's coming, we're going to start getting back into a uh, a routine more or less. Hopefully we'll have some good guests coming up, right? Anyway, uh, we will uh, be back next week. You have a great week. September has begun. I guess it's time for all the pumpkin spice, right? All right. We will be talking to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, you just listened to Love and Life with Lena and Dave. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share the podcast, leave us a comment or review, And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'll see you soon.